Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hi, 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 and this is the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I am your guest, Heather Greco, and today we are talking Disney. I was a very big Disney kid. Uh, I am obsessed with all Disney uh, movies and things. I lived in Florida for 11 years and went on occasion, and I have little kids that I, I always go to Disney Plus to go and pick out what they're going to watch that night. And they're always yelling at me like Netflix, I'm like, no, Disney, let's find a princess <laughs> or something. <laughs> but um, today we have a, an author and you know how I love to highlight authors of books that I think are great for either planning trips with your family or for kids. And this one is a wonderful book to help plan your next Disney adventure. And it's called hundred Disney adventures of a lifetime magical experiences from around the world. And it's from Marcy character smothers. And I have Marcy here today and she loves all things Disney as well. And actually at the time of this, she's in Disneyland. I want to be her kid. And uh, when not strolling on Main Street USA, Marcy can be found exploring food and planning her next adventure. And in her new book, 100 Disney Adventures of a Lifetime, she's the author of the fan favorite Eat Like Walt, The Wonderful World of Disney Food, a New York Times bestseller seller and a new, oh, sorry, a New York Times new and noteworthy selection. And that's a mouthful. And then a noted radio personality. She hosted several programs, including the Food Guy and Marcy Show with the Food Network's Guy Fieri. We love him. In celebration of Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, she co-authored Delicious Disney, Walt Disney World. Her love of all things Disney, especially Disneyland, inspired her to write Walt's Disneyland, A Walk in the Park with Walt Disney. When not strolling uh, in on Main Street, uh, I'm assuming that's the Main Street in the parks, Marcy can be found exploring food in her next adventure. Gonna welcome Marcy to the podcast. That's a lot of Walt's, lots of Disney's in your intro. I'm, I'm obsessed. So how are you today? I'm, I'm good, Heather. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. So the main street of USA, that's the main street in the Disney parks, I'm assuming. Main street USA, because, you know, I'm, I live in California and I not go, I'm first of all, I'm a geek. I mean, forget being a Disney fan. I'm a full fledged card carrying Disney geek. And not only do I go to Disneyland and Walt Disney World for my pure amusement and have luckily have a career writing about those places, I work there. And so I bring my computer and my laptop and I will sit in different spots in the parks and I write because I get inspiration from that do you get charged every time you want to go in and work or you have like some fun pass or do you have like lifetime access everyone asked me that and I have to ask I know and you, you know look I, at Walt Disney and it's expensive <laughs> it well you know I do I am an annual pass at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World and that is something that I uh, I always had the Disneyland pass uh and then I treated myself to the Walt Disney World one so I have my pass and uh, passes and I get myself in and no I don't get uh, cuts <laughs> I wait yeah like, I didn't think so yeah but it's important to wait in line for me because, you know, Walt always waited in line. I mean, he, and he, and he found a big part of the experience. And I love that That's where you meet people and you talk and you get tips and you share love, you know, of the parks with other geeks. 
Absolutely. And so my question I always ask all of my guests is what's your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? And I wonder if it's going to be involving something Disney or if it's completely different. Okay. Well, I know, I know with all due respect to chaos and cookies, I'm actually not the biggest sweet fan. I'm a savory fan. No problem. But if I were going to choose a cookie, it would be a cookie that Walt loved himself. It's an obscure recipe that I found and it was first published in Eat Like Walt. It's a Chinese candy cookie. It's essentially butterscotch cookie with chow mein noodles and roasted peanuts. It's textile, very mid-century. So whenever, honestly, whenever I make cookies, that's the one I make because I can say these are one of Walt Disney's favorite cookies. Do they serve those at Epcot? They don't serve at the parks yet, but I wish they do. But your listeners can go to Marcy, oh, no, eatlikewalt.com and the recipe there. Oh, okay. Oh, that's awesome. Because I was wondering if they serve it in the actual park. Because Well, uh, if you're going to say the actual park cookie, then I'll do the nom nom. That is at Pixar Pier at Disney California Adventure from The Incredibles. So it's the warm chocolate cookie and it comes with milk and it's nom nom nom. So good. Oh, is that the one that like Jack Jack eats? Jack Jack eats. I see. I'm a very big Disney nerd. Um, my listeners are about to get a whole taste of that right now. <laughs> I've had like other movie and book authors in here and I geek out on movies, but Disney is like one of my things. Um, so how did you get so lucky to become a Disney writer and where did your first like love of Disney come from? Great, great, great question. My love of Disney came. I only got to go up in Southern California and I only got to go to Disneyland one day or it was always the best day of the year. And my grandparents took me and I just remember that vividly once a year. And so it was that it really, the joy and the happiness and all the magic that there just sort of first ignited that fire. Fade out, fade in. Now I'm an adult. And I did a show with Guy Fieri. And I got a book deal from based on that show. And after that book, Snacks, Adventures, and Food was done, my agent, well, what do you want to do next? And I said, I want to write about the food at Disneyland. And he said, what are you going to do that's different than Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter? And that was a great question, you know. So I had was curious if the culinary history of Disneyland had ever been written. Hadn't. And that's how I sold the book, Eat Like the Wonderful World of Disney Food to Disney. And so that started my career and the trajectory has been very steep in the last seven years. I've written four books, but to answer your question, that's how I lucked out was getting, you know, to write Disney. Thank you, Wendy Lefkon. That also gave me access to the Walt Disney archives for research. And yes, listeners, it is exactly like you think it is. You write your list of Santa Claus or you write write your list of the archivist, everything you want to see. Then you sit in the research room at the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank and they bring you boxes. And you open up the boxes and you don't know what is inside. And there are all these amazing things, including for me being a Walt historian, memos that either Walt wrote or Walt signed off. We are holding the same paper that Walt held. Spectacular. So that's how I became lucky enough to become a Disney author. And then that book was, you know, and then they say, now my editor says, what do you want to do next, next, next? It's actually Wendy that recommended that me to National Geographic to write under Disney Adventures of a Lifetime. And believe it or not, Sister Heather, I said no at the first. Uh, and the reason was I had just finished last July, 21. I just finished two books for Disney, Walt's Disneyland, My Love Letter to Walt, A Walk in the Park of Walt Disney, and Delicious Disney, a cookbook for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. And I was exhausted. 
and I yeah. couldn't imagine taking it. But of course, wisdom prevailed. And Allison Johnson, thank you, Allison. She just wrote to me and said, I've chosen you. Here's an offer, you know. And so we started the adventure of a lifetime writing this book late last July. It was done in less than a year, which is historic. I don't know. And that, and I want to say it only got done because of people like Allison, because of an amazing photo editor, Adrian Coakley, and a whole team at Nat Geo that was working while I was writing. They were doing all the other, you know, other stuff to get it ready to go. And we love Allison. We've, Allison has been on past, uh, a past guest before, and she's lovely. And listeners can go in and check her out as well. And um, she's a wonderful editor. I have lots of books that she's that she's done in compliment. And she gets, I, I ask her a lot of the same questions. So how do you pick what you put in? Because it's, you have, you're limited to a hundred and I'm assuming you've experienced all of them. And do you also take the photographs as well? Or you send someone on their way after you've chosen them? So it's a lot of questions in one. It's, no, it's great. Well, first of all, for another conversation, this was, you know, started a lot during the pandemic. And no, I did not get to experience them all. It would have been impossible because they're all around the world. So in a lot of cases, honestly, it's like watching YouTube videos uh, to, to experience an attraction, say, in Shanghai that I cannot get to. Uh, but being, you know, having written for Disney, I do understand sort of the protocol of accepted resources. But I came into the project when Allison and I talked about it, there were about, I'd say 40 or 50 experiences that she had gone to the, you know, around the company worldwide and said, what is on, you think is a bucket list item in your division, whether it be cruises, parks, Disney Vacation Club, Adventures by Disney, et cetera. And so we had those kind of core things. Really, most of those were trees when there's more than a hundred were my choices based on what I thought as a Disney geek, the reader would want. And it was very important to me. One of the things I said in the first meeting to Allison and Lisa Thomas was, we have to have free things. We just can't have all these things that, you know, and it, so it is a, it is this amalgam, if you will, of everything from achievable to aspirational. Everybody can go look for hidden Mickeys. Everybody can take a walk down Main Street or trade pins or one of my favorites, by the way, be like Russell, become a wilderness explorer at Disney Animal Kingdom. That is a free experience. You go to the clubhouse, you say the oath, um, you know, ka -ka 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 -rar, and then you go throughout Disney Animal Kingdom for kids and adults. You learn a lesson, whether it be about animals or conservation. And then once you complete the task, you get a sticker. And when your book is full of stickers, you're a senior wilderness explorer and you're talking to one right now. I think I did that too when we went because it's been there a while. But um, Animal Kingdom's in Florida, uh, in yeah, Walt Disney World, World, yeah. in Orlando, and that was a very, very cool experience. Um, Walt Disney uh, Disney World has more parks than Disneyland. Disney Lark has what two or three Disneyland does. I've not I, been to that one. Yeah, Disneyland has Disneyland, the original Magic Kingdom, and Disney California Adventure. And then Walt Disney World has Hollywood Studios, Epcot, Disney Animal Kingdom, and their Magic Kingdom. So if someone were having to pick between <laughs> Disneyland and Disney World, and they could fly either way, what would you recommend? What I would say is uh, Disneyland is the crown jewel. It is the only park that Walt ever stepped in, played in, worked in, or slept in, and is the launch point for everything. Uh, however, I call Walt Disney World the treasure chest because it's abundant and overflowing with a lot of opportunities. So 
the thing about Disneyland, and you can get that done in a couple of days with both parks, you know, but Walt Disney World, I mean, ideally you want several, several days, you know, at least a day in each park, if not more. So there really are very different experiences and offer different things. I just got back from Disneyland Paris and that was was there. I've been to that one. Euro Disney. Uh, it's so fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was Euro Disney. Now it's Disneyland Paris or Paris Disneyland. Oh, it's called something different now? Yeah, it's called something different now. But okay. Yeah, I mean, so that is also, so that is, a, I could extol the virtues of that park for, you know, do a thesis on it, I feel like now. So it's impossible for me to say which one to go to, but what I say, whatever park I'm in is the best park at the time. See, that's interesting because I went to Euro Disney when I, well, it's Euro Disney, now it's Disneyland Paris. Um when I was around 13, so that was in 1990, oh wow, hold on, uh, eight. And uh, my grandfather's born at Rouse out of Paris. And so he brought me and my sister there to see his neck of the woods um, for our, our bat mitzvah gifts. And so Euro Disney was on the list. And it was very like Leonardo da Vinci and very, I would say, spaceish to me. Now, again, I'm 13 at the time. I have not been back since. I wasn't a fan because I had already been to Disney World, but the um, space, the the space one. Uh, space yeah. The, that is the fastest, faster, and it was quick than like Florida. So I remember that one was the one I really liked. So uh, has it changed a lot since then? Yeah, I would say it's changed remarkably and they're just celebrating the 30th anniversary. So a lot of the attractions are iconic and come from America, either from uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World, but there's some really unique ones. I mean, for me, uh, as a Dis- growing up in Disneyland, I will say Phantom Manor, their Haunted Mansion is the best that I've ever seen. I've been to Hong Kong and they don't actually do ghosts, they do uh, ancestors. Um, and I have not been to the one in Tokyo. I understand that it's very similar to, to Disneyland or in Walt Disney World. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's spectacular. You need to go back as an adult with an, in, with new open eyes and see it um, from a different perspective. Also, you know, they have a Walt's restaurant there, which is one of our 100 Disney events of lifetime. They have something magnificent. This dragon is the largest audio animatronics that there is in the world. And it's it's one of those hidden secrets. People, most people don't know it. It's underneath Sleeping Beauty Castle. There, uh, spectacular. They have Nautilus, another uh, one of our adventures at Paris Disneyland. The Bistro, Remy. Oh my gosh, that's just like exactly like eating in that last scene in the movie. You know, everything you're shrunk down to mouse size so you can sit on champagne. Oh fun! So there's a lot to love at Paris Disneyland. Give it another try. Yeah, because I mean, again, it's probably it's been a while. It probably I think it had just opened. If you were going on thirty years, I'm. It was only open a few years at that point. Um, so I think that's, and they're all related. And so in the book, it gives you each one and it breaks it down. And you said there's some free ones as well. So when someone were to get this book, is it a really great planning guide for where they're going to go? Is it nicely laid out or is it like you stick to one park and then work your way through and then you know go that- to the next experience? It's, it is not laid out in chronological or by ge- ge- geography, you might think with National Geographic. It's like, it's more like fun for all ages or splurges or some, you know, the, a, an entire chapter that's just about 
food. And I do think it's, it's, it's both things. It's a planning guide and it's a dreaming guide. It's a wish, you know, a wish guide. I mean, I'd like to think that your son's going to sit on his stomach in front of the fireplace and open the book and turn the pages and put post-it notes on it and say, mommy, I want to go here. And I want to go there. And it might take him 30 or 40 years to get to all the places that he wants to uh, in the book. So I do see it as both things, the guidebook and a wish book. Okay. But yeah. And it's, it's beautifully laid out and it's a nice big hardback book. It's on my coffee table, uh, with Allison's other book as <laughs> with, and so we can look at it and I, that my kids are now at the age where we could go and they would have good memories. My youngest is five. My oldest is going to be nine. My middle is seven. And so I'm waiting to, so I can make really, a really like, you want to do it the right way. And um, I was also looking at like cruises, right? So the cruise is really cool. I've heard nothing but great things about that as well. Have you been on one of those? Yes, I have been on several cruises uh, and have some experiences in the book. I mean, I think the thing about the Disney cruises is that it's an extension of the parks and resorts at sea. And, you know, the, the Imagineers have everything to do with the cruise ships. And you get a lot of the things you would get at a resort. You get, you know, meet and greets with the characters themed dining, entertainment, and the brand new Wish, which just launched as the first ever Disney attraction or ride at sea called Splash Tacular. And on certain itineraries, of course, you can go to Castaway Key, which is Disney's private island and a kid paradise, a kid paradise, everything water, sports, character. And then on the other side of the island is an adults only area where you can have a cabana and massages and enjoy your adult beverages in quiet with no children allowed. So Castaway Key is a super fun um, itinerary spot, some of the Disney cruises. And then another of the entries, one of our 100 Disney adventures of a lifetime is the Disney Vacation Club cruise, which I just did. That one's harder, only about, you know, two to 3,000 people a year get to go on that. You have to be a Disney Vacation Club member, but it is spectacular. You get gifts every morning and every night, and they bring on star power of like Ashley Eckstein, who's just amazing. Uh, she, she has a book just two Star Wars every day, was a guest on the last one. Disney legend Don Hahn, you know, I could go on Floyd, Disney legend Floyd Norman, Pete Doctor, the director from Pixar. You just get these amazing special guests and it's exceptional. Oh, wow. So yeah, you're pulling out some big guns there. So what, and I can't really ask you for your favorite because you've done so many. So what are some let's see, let me ask a little, maybe some specifics. So if you're, there's a, something in your, in the book, that's like a signature experience, like a child's haircut at Harmony Barbershop on, on Main Street USA. Um, is that similar to like the princess experience or tell, tell me a little bit more about those types of. Well, the, the Harmony Barbershop on Main Street USA and Disney's, um, Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, it, that doesn't exist. There's no barbershop at Disneyland. And that's just like, sort of like this idea that you could take your child for their first haircut there and it will be memorable. You will never forget it. If they want to put pixie dust in their hair, you can do that too. You can commemorate. But the idea that you're getting your first haircut in the Magic Kingdom is pretty special. Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which is also one of our 100 Disney adventures of a lifetime, is for princes and princesses a complete takeover. I mean, as little as, as a lot as they want, you can go full out, get the complete costume, accessories, hair, pixie dust, et cetera, or you can do something to simple, just buy a costume or do it. So that is the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique experiences uh, are at on the cruise ships and Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And I, th and I think in all the parks worldwide. Can you do that as an adult too? No, good question. I don't think you can do it after 12 because the whole point is you no know, adults 
is allowed to be parks dressed like a character because they do not want to confuse the kids. Um, the only sense. things you get to address as an adult are the hard ticketed events like Oogie Boogie Bash and the Halloween events that are happening at both parks. So you're allowed to be in the parks as um, in costume, exception for that time only. And there are some other things like D23 Expo where you're allowed to be in costumes too. Do they still adult. sell the autograph books? I still have yeah, mine. You know what? I love the autograph books. In fact, I take my autograph book and into the park sometime. And when I see kids come out, let's see Cinderella's at a Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique, or I see her in line, Cinderella, can I have your autograph? And they always, they just light up. But last time I did it just a few days ago, and she goes, I can't write. <laughs> so it kind of backfired. But yeah, that those were paused for COVID. I'm so glad that they're back. Yeah. So do they, so the characters are a huge part of any Disney experience. I remember as a kid, like that's just, you went on hunts and I think now they don't really roam the parks as they did when they were little. This is before iPhones and all the other stuff. Like there's now places that they kind of hang out and you go see them or do they still roam? Walt used to say, we have our characters. Don't forget our characters. They're very important and people rush to get their cameras. He said that in 1955, he knew how important it was for kids to meet their idols that they've seen in movies and television, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm glad they're back. Not only did they roam the park, they're stopped all over the park. And then you can actually schedule meet and greets. You can even get a, um, you know, lightning line on Genie and get a kind of maybe uh, skip the line a little bit in some instances to pay for that privilege of Genie Plus to meet like say Anna and Elsa in their castle. So it's all alive and well and characters are a huge part of the Disney experience. Well, thank you so much. Um, do you have a favorite character off the top of your head? Well, I'm going to have to say right now, Mickey Mouse, but not only because he started it all, but the amount of little kids that I see carrying Mickey Mouses and clutching them to their hearts, somehow he just connects instantly, even if they haven't ever seen him uh, in a movie or on television, there's something about the magic of the mouse that draws them in. And they, when I see a kid with that Mickey Minnie clutch to their hearts, I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, can you just tell the listeners real quick uh, where we can find the book, where we can find you and keep up with you because you have such so many amazing things happening. You can keep up with me on my website, marcycarrickersmothers.com. I'm also on Instagram, marcycarrickersmothers. And you buy the book, all your online book retailers, um, including Amazon and Shop Disney and in the park there will be a special limited edition that has bonus material and these special maps and you can get that only at Shop Disney or in the parks. So there's two wow. versions. Check them out. They're both really special. And I really appreciate having the opportunity with you today, Heather. Well, thank you so much for being here and have fun um, in the park. And thank you so much. And listeners, go and snag a copy. I promise it'll be worth it. And plan your next Disney adventure and follow Marcy. And um, all the links are in the, in, the, in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for being here and sharing uh, all the things. Have a magical day. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies. Chaos and Cookies.